When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, 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 all right. Let's not even let's not even waste any time. Let's let's get right down to business. Sixers post game live right here on Running Back Philly. Thanks for being here. If you're watching on YouTube live, please give us a like, subscribe to the channel, turn your notification bell on. If you're watching on replay, give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a review. Uh, yeah, let's just get right down to business. Be active in the chat. We will be reading the chat. We'll be reading questions, concerns, comments, opinions from you in the chat. Uh, let me just start by saying this. They lose to the Pelicans 124 to 114. Okay. And without Joel Embiid still haven't gotten Kelly Oubre back. Uh, Nicholas Batum left the game in the second ish quarter with another dislocated finger. I don't know what's up with Nicholas Batum's finger. They need to just chop it off and give him a new one. Um, Jaden Springer was still, is still sick. So he wasn't playing either. Not that Jaden Springer is a game changer, but we could have used anybody, you know, that could play any type of defense. And, uh, I think when you're, I was going to say, uh, create shots and when you're, when you're sitting here saying that we needed Jaden Springer to create shots, you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel as far as your options go. But he would have been nice to have out there also. But essentially, you know, the first thing is it, it, it ends up a 10-point game and, and people that didn't watch the game aren't going to really understand that this was not a 10-point game. This was a 9,000-point game. The Sixers lost this game from the absolute jump, uh, metaphorically and literally from the jump ball. The game was over. 124 to 114 is the final score after a little bit of a late run by Tyrese Maxey and some bombs by Robert Covington. Uh, when the Pelicans kind of slacked off, they were up 27. We actually cut it to eight points with three minutes left because, you know, the Sixers can't just lose a game. They can't just be down by 30 and let us all live and let us all, you know, hey, we lost by 30. Let's go home. Let us all relax, kick our feet up, and watch, you know, Furkan, Korkmaz, and KJ Martin in the fourth quarter. They can't just do that. They got to keep Maxi on the floor and, and make a late run with three minutes left and have all of us in the playback stream screaming, you know, there's still a chance. There wasn't really a chance. There was not a chance. Um, the thing that sums up this game pretty entirely is the matchup of Valachunas and Zion Williamson against anybody not named Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid listed as out with an illness. Uh, to me, that's just load management. Uh, the NBA's new rules, you have to list an injury. So the Sixers were like, okay, he has a stomach ache. F you, NBA. You know what I mean? It's load management. 
They're resting him. Played a lot of games in those in those uh, in that road trip uh, before we came back to Philly. He's played a lot of games so far this season. I don't think there's been a game actually yet where he's uh, been just held out for rest. Uh, and we want uh, you know we want a big time matchup against the Celtics on Friday. We want a fully healthy, well-rested team so we can really assess kind of where we are. And that might've been the strategy for the Sixers, man. They might've said, listen, let's rest Joel. Let's, let's take this Pelicans game and see what happens. And let's make sure we have a fully rested, healthy roster uh, against the Celtics to really be able to assess where the team is and what we think we need moving forward to compete against the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. That might be what happened. The game was over right when it started because Nick Nurse elected to, in Joel's place, start Marcus Morris at center. Now, (laughs) the thought probably was Paul Reed fouls a lot. If I start Paul Reed in this game, He's going to get too many fouls too early, and I won't be able to use him the way that I want to use him in the second half. I think that's probably what the thought process was. It just speaks to the Sixers' lack of backup centers and the entire offseason where Daryl Morey was just going crazy, signing every uh, washed, draft bust, Whatever, Every, everybody's absolute scraps of backup centers. Daryl Morey signed all of them this offseason. I, I couldn't figure out why. Uh, I made the sarcastic video about Mo Bamba after that signing because I knew he was just a draft bust and he's only had one healthy season where he averaged 11 points per game on the terrible Orlando Magic. He's never been effective in the NBA since he's been drafted. So he starts Marcus Morris at center. And when you're starting Marcus Morris at center and... You're playing Zion Williamson and Valachunas. You're done. The game's over. The game's over. The game's over. I know Marcus Morris has had a couple of good games as far as his point total, shot creation. Marcus Morris can't guard anybody in the NBA at this point of his career, let alone Zion Williamson and Valachunas. And it it was it was it was it was terrible. From the start, the Pelicans started out 16-6. to That's how the game started. They started the game on a 16-6 to run. Marcus Morris was getting shredded. And then we think, okay, the Paul Reed disrespect is real. Paul Reed didn't get the start in place of Joel Embiid. Marcus Morris' experiment is going horribly wrong. Maybe Paul Reed will come in now. After this first timeout, when the Pelicans are up 16 to 6, no. Nick Nurse might have said, ah, this game's already over. Let me experiment a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I can't find an explanation for it. He puts Mo Bamba on the floor. He subs in Mo Bamba at backup center after Marcus Morris. I don't know what happened in the beginning of this game, and I know. After Paul Reed, you don't have many options. And maybe he was trying to, again, maybe he was trying to save Paul Reed with the foul issues or the potential foul issues. But after how Marcus Morris started at center, Valachunas had 10 points in the first quarter. We gave up 20 points in the paint in the first quarter. 
in the first quarter. We gave up 20 points in the paint in the first quarter. Mo Bamba came in after Morris and uh, pretty much did just as bad, if not worse. I got news for you guys that, that still hit me up and say, I need to see more of Mo Bamba. We need to get Mo Bamba going. We need to, Are you watching these games? Are you watching? Mo Bamba stinks. Mo Bamba stinks. Stop it. Stop the nonsense. Mo Bamba is terrible. There's no reason for Mo Bamba to be on an NBA roster. He's bad. He's seven foot eleven and can't guard the rim. Do you know how weak and slow you have to be to be seven foot fourteen and not be able to block a shot in the NBA? Everybody can score over Mo Bamba. Dude, Jose Alvarado can score over Mo Bamba. The basketball player and the Phillies pitcher. They can both score over Mo Bamba. Stop with the Mo Bamba nonsense. I hope Nick Nurse got what he wanted with the Mo Bamba experiment. It's over. Okay? You tried it. Regular season, I'm fine with you experimenting in the regular season. That's cool. One thing Doc Rivers never did was experiment in the regular season. You found your answer. Go call Daryl Moore and tell him, hey, listen, we're going to need to find somebody else. G League, high school team down the street. Give me a seven-footer that that has a little bit of a frame that can maybe knock some people around in the paint. This This Mo Bamba thing is done. It's over. The game was over. From the jump. Because behind Joel Embiid, our only option is Paul Reed. And you just can't defend the paint with Marcus Morris and Mo Bamba. Valachunas had 10 points in the first quarter. We gave up 20 points in the paint in the first quarter. That was basically it. The rest of the first half continued to be terrible. Uh, turnovers from everybody. Maxi had... How many, how many turnovers did Maxi have in the first half? He had three turnovers in the first half. They were they were bad. They were, you know, him trying to make a, a pass in traffic, throws it off of somebody's leg, drives and kind of just loses the ball out of bounds. Um, Maxi wasn't having the greatest first half. He still had 15 points. He was 0 for 5 from 3 in the first half. Tobias Harris. We're not even going to go there yet. We're not... We're not even going to go there yet. Let me just finish my thoughts on Tyrese Maxey. And then we'll talk about Tobias Harris. Maxey, slow start, bad shooting first half. Like I said, he was shooting like 40% from the field and he was 0 for 5 from 3 in the first half. But I liked the aggression. If you were going to have a chance in hell, if you were going to have an Ice Cube's chance in hell, if you were going to have a Hooker's chance in church, at winning this game without Joel Embiid, you needed Tyrese Maxey to be aggressive and score a hell of a lot of points. And he did that. He tried. He was aggressive. He was he was trying to score from the start in the very first quarter, second quarter. He was giving effort. He knew, we don't have a shot at this if I don't score. The shot wasn't falling in the first half, but he wasn't being passive. He knew he was the guy that needed to get it done. So I liked the approach by Tyrese Maxey. I liked 
the aggression. And some people were pointing out the fact that he didn't have an assist in the first half. I don't care. I don't want Tyrese Maxey to have an assist in the first half. Who's he going to pass it to? Nobody could make a shot. We shot 21% from three in the first half. The fact that Tyrese Maxey was putting the entire scoring load on his back is all I needed to see. So yeah, they got blown out, but I liked the effort from most of the players on the floor, including Tyrese Maxey. Second half, the shot starts falling a little bit. He starts to hit some threes, and then he makes the run late in the fourth quarter when the Pelicans kind of took their foot off the gas and cuts the lead all the way down to eight, and he finishes the game with 33 points. So before the stream even started, somebody was in the chat and said, now we can stop the MVP talk for Tyrese Maxey. He's not the guy, whatever. Did you watch the game? Tyrese Maxey would have had to score 65 points for the Sixers to win this game. There's no way anybody watched this game and their takeaway is a negative outlook on Tyrese Maxey. He finished the game with 33 points. He put up 25 shot attempts. He tried his heart out. He tried to deliver. That's all you can ask. And he did a damn good job a lot of parts of the game. So I can't say anything negative about Tyrese Maxey in this game. I loved what Tyrese Maxey did in the game. He just wasn't hitting the shot in the first quarter and the second quarter. And it is what it is. Now shall we move on to Tobias Houdini Harris. Shall we move on to Tobias Houdini Harris? The number three option on this team, right? The number three, right? Oh, he's having an amazing year. Oh, look, DJ Eastwood, you owe Tobias an apology. They hit me up on on, on Facebook, or not on Facebook, they hit me up on Twitter again and said, DJ Eastwood, you owe Tobias Harris an apology. And somebody replied, I, I, I'm gonna, I wanted to shout them out. Somebody replied to that tweet. This was a couple weeks ago. Somebody replied and said, there's no way you guys are getting fooled by Tobias Harris again. There's no way. Tobias Harris, number three scoring option. Having a great year. Nick Nurse completely unlocked him. A game without Joel Embiid. Does Tobias Harris step up? Does Tobias Harris give you a 20, a 25, a 30 piece to help Tyrese Maxey, who's trying to carry the team on his back? No, he does not step up. He reverts right back into Houdini Harris, the player that absolutely will disappear when the brights, when the lights are the bright, what am I trying to say? When the lights are the brightest, he will disappear. Tobias Harris was God awful in this game. And I'm not even just talking about the stats. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if Tyrese Maxey, I don't know if Tobias Harris <laughs> live, no edits. It's late. I'm saying the wrong names. I don't know if Tobias Harris Went to sleep last night. You know what it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when me and my friends were, were teenagers and we would pull an all-nighter and then try to play basketball the next day. You know, you did, your, your equilibrium's off. You're just a little off balance. He looked kind of drunk sometimes. 
He was getting called for travels on pivot, just moving his pivot foot twice. One time he he like ha- tried to go into a turnaround post jumper and like turned and like lost his balance and like almost fell over and drug his pivot foot and got called for a travel and yelled at the ref. And I was like, what are you doing? So many times in this game, he just drove into no man's land, literally nowhere, an abyss under the basket, no plan, nowhere to go, and then just threw the ball to the other team. Tobias Harris, at the end of the first half, had five shot attempts and four turnovers. Tobias Harris was so bad in this game. This was the Tobias Harris game of all Tobias Harris games. He was horrendous. That's strike two, Tobias. Because last game, you, you, you were Houdini Harris. Tonight, you were Houdini Harris. Boston on Friday is your final strike. Three strikes, you're out, Tobias. And no, Zach Levine is not the answer. Because last night, the Bulls got blown out by the Boston Celtics. And $50 million Zach Levine had two points in 27 minutes. You guys that were saying he's the same thing as Tobias Harris, you're probably absolutely right. So no thank you on that. I don't know what the solution is for Tobias Harris. We'll see what he looks like on Friday. He was god-awful tonight. There's my take on Tobias. Now, before I get to the stats, what do you guys got in the chat, man? What What's your opinions of the game? What's your opinions of the game? What's your opinions of what happened in this game? If you watched it, if you, if you put yourself through that trouble, what's your opinions of this game. Uh, hopefully he shows up because he folds in playoff time to just saying, exactly. That's exactly what I just said. Tobias Harris disappears when the lights are the brightest. A, no max contract after this year. Contract Tobias, where were you at? Contract Tobias, you're supposed to be contract Tobias. You're fighting for a new contract. You played like a minimum you played like a vet minimum tonight. Actually, Kelly Oubre is on a vet minimum. I'd take Kelly Oubre over you 10 times out of 10. You played like a G-leaguer tonight. Actually, they probably give more. You know what? Never mind. I don't even know what you played like, but it was terrible. My man getting paid like a max, getting paid a max contract. You think he's jealous of Tyrese? That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I don't know. Some, you know, I've heard other people say that Tobias Harris might have an ego because of his contract, um, and, and he might really think he's a superstar. Remember, his dad did call him an assassin scorer. An assassin scorer. His dad. I don't. Pops. Pops. Where are you at? Where's Tobias? Somebody get Tobias Harris's dad on the phone. Tell him to call the hotline because I need to talk to him. Where was the assassin score tonight, Pops? <laughs> if by assassin you mean likely to disappear, then sure, I agree with you. Uh, what else you guys? I mean, it's a couple more in the chat, and then I got I got some more things to say, man. A couple more in the chat, and then I got some more things to say. Melton and Maxi showed up. Martin can be a piece if they get him more involved. 
Batum played god awful. Uh I thought him I thought Batum was okay for the for the he was only in there for like the first and the second, and then he left with a dislocated finger and never came back. So there we go again, you know. Um there we go again. We we just the Sixers keep getting these little these little breaks. Kelly Uber gets hit by a car, Nick Batum dislocates his finger, you know, uh all of our the role players that have been playing big roles as far as the bench goes, or just the fill-in kind of glue guys, they keep getting hurt. You know, I, I didn't I didn't see the update on Nicholas Batum's finger, but play-by-play uh, -play with JJ. What's going on, man? First off, the refs sucked. The refs were terrible, but we weren't going to win the game anyway. The refs were... I think the refs maybe saw the way that this game was going from the beginning and said, yeah, let's just put this one away. They were... Very bad. There was a bunch of calls that I just couldn't figure out. There was a KJ Martin put back uh, dunk that they called offensive basket interference. Can't couldn't figure that one out. There was some charge calls that I couldn't figure out. There was a moving screen on Paul Reed where he literally did not move, and the offensive the defender just plowed through the screen. They called it a moving. There were so many bad calls in this game. The one where DeAnthony Melton got a clean block on CJ McCollum. The refs called it a foul. The ref from the opposite side, by the way, which I hate so much. When the play is on the right side of the rim and the referee's on the left side over on the baseline, how are you calling a foul over there? They review it. They say, yeah, we were wrong. You're right. So we win the challenge. But, you know, we would have had to challenge 100 calls in this game to, to get the refs on our... The refs were bad. But we weren't going to win the game anyway. We are going to win the game. Uh, the fact that there was no Embiid changes everything. And remember, no Springer, no House Jr., and no Ubre Jr. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lee, what's going on? Thanks for being here. A is still here. Uh, KJ Martin is cheeks, too. I thought he was going to be something. He's a disappointment, too. Uh, I like the contributions that KJ Martin made in this game. I mean, nobody really ever said that KJ Martin was supposed to be some kind of superstar scorer or anything like that. I was happy to see KJ Martin do a couple things, uh, you know, a couple nice defensive plays that he had. He had a drive to the basket where he actually finished it. Uh, he had a put-back dunk that was called a goaltend. Uh, there was a couple other plays that K.J. Martin made and showed, you know, just like his tenacity and athleticism. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I liked what K.J. Martin did in the game uh, with the minutes that he got. It was It was at least an improvement over, you know, what he's been doing um, on the Sixers squad since he's gotten here. So I didn't hate what KJ Martin did. I liked what Paul Reed did when he finally got in the game. Paul Reed was one of the best players on the floor of the first half. He was probably the only player that was doing anything positive in the first half. You know, uh, we were getting owned on the glass and Paul Reed comes in and starts getting rebounds, starts playing defense, diving on the floor, getting jump ball situations. Uh, I liked Paul Reed's contributions. Um, everyone else, DeAnthony Melton had some runs. Uh, overall, just too many turnovers in the first half. No, no defense whatsoever in the paint in the first quarter, and they just uh, they just kept it going. They just kept it going. They just kept the foot on the gas, and uh, they got up by twenty seven. And then, you know, we made a couple of runs and then we made that, we made that late fourth quarter run, um, that, you know, gave us hope. I, you know, and Maxie chucked a three with 
like a minute and 30 left down 10 that would have cut it to seven and it just hit the back of the rim. And I was like, man, you know, if he would have hit that, then, you know, that, that would have been, uh, that would have made it interesting, but he missed it. And then, uh, you know, the Pelicans just, just came down and put it away. Uh, a lot of second chance points that ended in and one plays. Uh, we're going to get to the stat sheet here in a second and really look at all the second chance points and the points in the paint and things like that. There was a lot of second chance plays where they just, we had a good stop. They, they got an offensive rebound and put the ball back in one that stands out. One that stands out, uh, Zion Williamson in the third quarter got a shot blocked and came down with it and got an and one finish, you know? So even when guys gave great effort, played good defense, Paul Reed blocks the shot, the ball lands back in his hands and he goes up and gets maybe a ghost call again, but he goes up and gets an and one. So we even got stops and blocked shots and it turned into three points for the Pelicans. And that's just kind of how this game was going to go from the beginning. And a play like that is just like an exemplifier of that's what this game is. Even when we stopped them, we didn't stop them. When the ball bounces, it's going to land in their hands. It's just going to bounce their way. It was just, it was just one of those games. It just was, uh, Mo Bamba actually had a decent end of the third quarter. Mo Bamba came back in the game after a horrendous showing in the first half. I mean, atrocious showing in the first half. Actually blocked a shot in the third. Uh, it was like from behind, kind of a, you know, not kind of a cheap one. I'm not even going to really. He was just kind of standing over the, the player that tried to go up with the ball. I, I'm not going to make too much of that. Mo Bamba was awful. I would say probably the Sixers have a backup center problem. Uh, do they do something about it? Because to me, you're expecting to play healthy. And I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, we need Andre Drummond. We need a backup center uh, for when Joel Embiid rests like tonight. Well, it's just... If you're playing without the MVP, you're not going to be as good. It's just the way that it is. You're playing without your best player. You know? Do the Warriors have a chance at a championship without Steph Curry, even in their prime? Well, when they had Kevin Durant, okay, you can make that argument. But, you know, the Bulls playing without Jordan, the whoever, the Lakers playing without Kobe, you're playing without your best player. Probably not going to win. The Pelicans... They were playing without CJ for a couple of games, a bunch of games, actually. He only played six games this season. Tonight he came back. So there's a combo guard or a live ball guard, if you will, uh, you know, that can just beat us off the dribble and hit threes and pull up from the mid range and the free throw line. And then you got Brandon Ingram. And really it's about the matchup with, with Zion Williamson and no Joel Embiid. You kind of don't really stand a chance in the game. Zion started this, the game 10 for 10. He was 10 for 10 in the first half. Uh, that's really what it is. It was a horrible matchup for Joel Embiid to not be in the game. If you were playing somebody else that didn't have a 6'6", 400-pound uh, rolling boulder like Zion Williamson attacking the paint, then maybe you stood a chance. But we, you should have just known without Joel, they're going <laughs> to... 20 points in the paint in the first quarter? 20 points in the paint in the first quarter. 
good lord. You have to have guys that can step up when stars are out because it's part of the game. Um, so if you're in a playoff series and Joel Embiid gets hurt and he misses two games, sorry, you're done. It's just if you play the healthy Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals and Joel Embiid doesn't play, you're not going to win. I don't know what miraculous backup center you're going to have that comes onto the court and beats the Boston Celtics in the playoffs or beats or, or stops Zion Williamson on a Wednesday night. I just... I agree... It probably has to be better than Mo Bamba and, and, and Marcus Morris, but name any team's backup center. Who are they? Who Who's any team's backup center? Are they good? Can they defend anyone? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Let's uh, let's look at the stat sheet here, and then we'll then we'll get up out of here. I think I got I think I got all my thoughts out on this one. I think I got all my thoughts out on this one. Uh, 124 to 114. You want to look at, you know, the, the, you want to look at the advanced stuff, right? You want to look at the, let's go to team stats here. Uh, box score, team stats. This is how, you know, this is how just really one-sided the game was at the end of the day. Uh, they were 10 for 30 from three. That's only 33% really. We actually shot 41% from three but at the end of the day. The first quarter, if I could see this by quarter, I could really explain how bad the first half was, or at least by half. We ended up shooting 41.2% from three, though, but the first quarter was like 19 or 20. Um, they out-rebounded us 40 to 30, 13 offensive rebounds, uh, 33 assists to 28, 11 steals to eight steals, and a lot of those eight steals came in that late fourth quarter run when the Pelicans, you know, were uh, had their foot off the gas and kind of we scrapped back and cut it down to down to uh, eight points. So, you know, the overall stats of the game are misleading if you really watch the game because we were probably losing the steal margin 11 to three, you know, before that fourth quarter when we made the run when they just kind of stopped playing. They almost They almost blew the game. There was a little bit of hope there. Ended up giving up 60 points in the paint. And, uh, you know, that's, again, they they really stopped attacking us in the fourth quarter. The first quarter, we gave up 20 points in the paint, and we were on pace to give up 80. Uh, even 60 points in the paint is pretty bad. Uh, 20 of those were in the first quarter against Marcus Morris and Mo Bamba. Um it was not good. And their largest lead was 29. Our largest lead was zero. Zero. Let's look at the box score. Uh, Nicholas Batum only played 14 minutes. He left a dislocated finger. Tobias Harris in 29 minutes, 5 for 10. The fact that he only got up 10 shot attempts when you're supposed to be the number three when we're when we're without guys and we need you. Is uh, it's just so Tobias Harris. You can't you can't write anything more Tobias Harris than that. The fact that he shot the ball ten times in twenty nine minutes, uh, zero for two from three, four rebounds. You're six foot eight, Tobias. 
this is, you know, I always say it. Rebounds equal effort. You can tell by a player's rebound stats how much effort he was giving in the game. Four total rebounds in 29 minutes. Uh, whatever. 12 points from Tobias Harris. Marcus Morris started the game at center. Only finished with 17 minutes because he just couldn't stop anybody in the paint. He just couldn't, and he can't. And, it, you know, I, I'm I'm done with the Marcus Morris experiment. It was nice they had a couple games where he scored 16 or whatever because he could still shoot a little bit. But it's too much of a liability on the other side. He can't move. Eh, whatever. What is it? What's the answer? Maxi finishes with 33, 13 for 25, 3 for 10. Again, not a good shooting night, especially in the first half, but... Uh, at least the effort was there. At least Tyrese Maxey was attacking and trying to change the tra trajectory of the game. Robert Covington gave you 12 off the bench, uh, four for five, four for four from three. One of them was a rainbow. It looked like it was going to hit the rafters. Uh, you know, and, and Covington was a part of that run at the end of the game that almost got us uh, back in the game. Paul Reed had five assists. I didn't even realize that. Uh, nine points, five assists. Um, I remember one of them that he made into the into traffic under the rim. That was a nice pass. Uh, Pat Bev gave you 11 off the bench in 21 minutes. Um, yeah, what, what, what else is there? What else is there really to say? Let's see. Zion had 33 points on 12 field goals. He only missed one shot the entire game, and that is because Zion Williamson was just going to the rim and finishing with ease all night long. He was 11 for 12 from the field. If that is not the most Zion Williamson stat you've ever seen, 11 for 12. <laughs> he missed one shot. Uh, Brandon Ingram only put up seven field goal attempts in the game. I didn't even realize that. 15. Herb Jones, seven. Valachunas had 19. He had 10 points in the first quarter. He was eight for nine. So this really, like I said, the game was lost right when it started because Joel Embiid was out and we started Marcus Morris at center and then brought in Mo Bamba and Zion Williamson and Valachunas dominated the first quarter on those two guys. And then you look at the stats, they missed a combined two shots the entire game. They were a combined 19 for 21. <laughs> they were a combined 19 for 21. <laughs> there was really there was really no reason to watch the rest of the game after that first quarter. There really wasn't. I was again, it's it's entertainment to me. Games like this especially where I'm like, well, this one's over. I wanted to see the effort from Tyrese Maxey to see if he would, you know, try to lead the team, try to drag him to the finish line and he did that. So that's really all I was looking for. Uh, but yeah, it was over in the first quarter with Zion and Valachunas dominating the paint on Marcus Morris and Mo Bamba. Um, if Joel Embiid doesn't play, I just think the backup center has to be Paul Reed. Even if Nick Nurse is scared of his uh, foul potential, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's a catch-22, right? It doesn't matter either way. If you don't play him, if you don't start him and you start Marcus Morris and then bring in Mo Bamba, 
you're done. The same way as if you start with Paul Reed and he gets four fouls in three minutes, you're done. Kind of done either way. I don't know, but I do think it was a, a little bit of an experiment for Nick Nurse, and it uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out in the first half, and uh, we never really, never really caught up. Made that run at the end. Somebody said Maxi was stat padding. He was driving and making tough finishes. I'll tell you that much. I mean, there was he was driving and finishing strong in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like stat padding. It wasn't like where a team completely quits and there's. 20 seconds left and he's running and doing wide open layups. He was driving through traffic, knifing through the defense, getting contact, finishing with the English on one side, on the other side, the floater, the driving up and under. I mean, he was doing it all trying to drag this team back in the fourth and cut it to eight points, cut it to eight points. Can't really be mad about that. Can't really be mad about that. Uh, on to the Celtics on Friday. I don't really care about this game, by the way. I know there's going to be those overreactions from people, and they're going to say, oh, here we go again. When Embiid doesn't play, we're terrible. When Embiid doesn't play, we're a lottery team. When Embiid doesn't play, we're trash. You're not winning without a Joel Embiid anyway. Yeah, you could win some regular games. Probably probably not against the New Orleans Pelicans. Probably not against Zion Williamson. And Valachunas in the paint, you're probably not going to win that one. You could win some regular season games without Joel Embiid. But why does it matter? Because in the grand scheme of things, you want to get out of the second round of the playoffs. And if you play a playoff series without Joel Embiid, are you winning? Yes or no? No, the answer is no. (laughs) So it doesn't matter anyway. You're not winning without Joel Embiid. The Patriots were not winning without Tom Brady. This shouldn't be, this just shouldn't be a shock. You need your best players to do what we want to do this year, which is hopefully get out of the second round. But, um, LaShawn, uh, oh, we're talking about the, the in-season tournament with the, with the, uh, with the points differential thing. That was, that was pretty interesting. Uh, the other night when Missoula was like intentionally fouling, uh, Andre Drummond when the game was over basically to try to get extra points because they had to win by 33 to advance in the in-season tournament whatever it is it's I don't get it uh, I don't know there's I mean did the NBA not think that was going to happen by the way you know what I mean the NBA comes up with this in-season tournament and they're like let's make the tiebreaker the point differential nobody in the office was like uh isn't that going to cause an issue when teams are like blowing teams out and still running up the score? And that's what you have going on now. Jason Tatum, of all people, a couple of days ago made a comment about teams running up the score and it's about respecting your opponent and you shouldn't be uh, blah, 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 whatever. The NBA is the one that did it. They said the tiebreaker is the point differential. So now we have to score a certain amount of points to try to get into the tournament. Yeah, bad decision by the NBA for that, especially because it's an injury risk too, right? You for you can be playing players or players can be kind of playing hard at the end of a blowout. What if you get a bad injury with players like trying to, I don't know, fly up and down the floor and get a little crazy when in a 30-point blowout game? All because the NBA said the point differential thing is, is a tiebreaker. 
just an odd uh, setup by the NBA. I don't think there's enough incentive in the in the tournament anyway, you know, because we lost, we're out of the tournament, and we're like, sweet, that's cool, I like that. I hated the tournament anyway. I hate the courts. I don't know how any of those got approved. What's the tour? What's the matter? What's the matter? What's the tournament matter anyway? I don't know. I I don't have any interest in the in-season tournament either. But there's my take on the Sixers' loss to the Pelicans. It it you know, Joel didn't play. Uh, Nick Nurse did this little experiment with starting uh, Marcus Morris and then going with Mo Bamba. And uh, I mean, you're playing Zion Williamson healthy. He's going to dominate the paint if you don't have Joel Embiid in there. So it was kind of a loss right when they announced that Joel wasn't playing. I thought Tyrese Maxey's effort was good. I thought he tried to lead the team. I thought he tried to give us a fighting chance by trying to score a lot of points. Tobias Harris was Houdini Harris. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. is not a center. That's really it, man. That's all I got. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for being active in the chat. Uh, Yeah. This will be up on YouTube as a, a full episode, and it will be on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify for you to listen to in perfectly clear audio. Uh, if you really want to hear everything I just complained about for 42 minutes. <laughs> but but just for just to do it, go over to go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review. All right. I'll see you guys Friday. Peace.